Trevor Litowski is a former NHL player and the head coach of our Windsor Spitfires. Join me, Drake Demore, as I talk to Trevor about his coaching career, leading him to the Windsor Spitfires and winning a Memorial Cup in 2017, break down the season to this point, and see what may be in store for the Spits as the playoffs approach. The Wind City Sports Podcast, first episode of 2020, starts now. How are you doing? This is Zach Cassidy. Adam Henry. Joe Siddle. Tom Crawford. Todd Warner. Brett Romberg. DJ Laramie. And Holy Mackinac, you're listening to Wind City Sports. What up, everybody? My name is Drake Moore, and welcome back to the Wind City Sports Podcast, Windsor's only local sports radio show and podcast. We also have a Wind City Sports radio show on CJAM 99.1 FM every Thursday live at 1230, and you can hear replays on Tuesdays at 8 p.m., featuring highlights from our podcast interviews, local sports news, music, and more. But you can catch every single episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast right here, wherever you're listening to it, of course, on the Border City Network, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts are found. Also give us a like, follow, subscribe on all social media. Hit up WindCity underscore sports. Again, my name is Drake Damore, and thank you for streaming or downloading this episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast. Today is the first episode of 2020. It is January 9th, 2020, and it's episode 177 of Wind City Sports. Man, it feels like a while since I've been in front of this microphone. Uh, we took the last two weeks off from the podcast, well, technically three weeks, but uh, the last two weeks we haven't had uh, any new episodes for uh, New Year's and Christmas. Uh, happy holidays to everybody. I hope everyone enjoyed their time off or whatever they may have had and just uh, chilled out, had some fun with family, whatever you like to do. Um, but further, without further ado, let's bring it back to uh, why we're here today, and that is the Wind City Sports Podcast, episode 177, where we talk to local athletes, coaches, and more. And this week, as mentioned at the top of the show, we are talking to Trevor Litowski. actually did this interview a little while back, and you know, after uh, three and a half, almost four years of doing this, you think he mastered everything uh, in regards to technical difficulties, but... Uh, you never know what you're going to run into. And the recording for this one's a little rough, but uh, it came to fruition. It's a pretty much the best that I can come up with. So uh, if it hurts your ears, then sorry. But, I mean, bear with me, man. This is the best I can do. And without it, it would have been nothing. I had a, a fantastic conversation with Trevor, again, a few weeks ago. Uh, I did a few over the break and, and even before then, too. And I've just been waiting to release them now. I'm very excited. I uh, changed things up here on the pod and, and on social media. Just made some new graphics and logo and stuff like that. Uh, trying to spice it up a little bit and still bring you the best in local sports interviews or the best I can, the best Windsor podcast. Um, so we're going to get into that interview with Trevor in a little bit, but there's a few things I want to get out of the way uh, beforehand. And as we uh, lead into this um, episode, uh, later on in the show, we're going to have some more uh, stuff to talk about and some news on our Windsor Lancers and Windsor Spitfires, of course. But I want to kick things off with our Windsor Express. Something that I don't always do here, but um, I want to give a little bit of opinion from the home opener just uh, about two weeks ago. Uh, this Saturday will be two weeks, and uh, we'll get you caught up on the Express as well. But as you may have heard on the last podcast, my thoughts on the Windsor Express moving downtown. So if you missed it, uh, they proposed to the city, and also, spoiler, they've been shortlisted for, for a little while, so it's probably not going to happen in their timeline, but they still want to try and move the team down to Windsor Arena, also known as the Barn, here in Windsor, and kind of rejuvenate that arena. Right now, 
it's empty. It's not doing anything. There's nothing in it. So uh, I'm under the the opinion that you know if it's sitting there doing nothing, let's do something with it. Um, of course, a lot of people are going to be upset or you know maybe disappointed that it's not a, a hockey facility with the rich history it has with uh, hockey there. But one thing that just comes to mind is that it also has a deep history of more than just hockey. It has a history of events, concerts, uh, wrestling, boxing, so much more. So. Um, this landmark here is 90 years old here in Windsor, and if we're going to keep it alive, um, why not bring Windsor's only sports, sorry, Windsor's only pro sports team down there? So I think it's it's not a terrible idea, but one thing that needs to change with the organization is they need to get some numbers up. Uh, need to have more people come out to the to the games in order to move them downtown. Just because they're downtown doesn't mean that people are going to start showing up, if you ask me. And again, if you ask me, or if you decide to listen to me, thank you very much. Um, I went to that game, and it was certainly a Windsor Express crowd. Not a huge difference in the numbers. It wasn't. It certainly wasn't packed. So I want to say I don't want to say it was dead, but I mean this is one of, if not your biggest games of the year. People are going to come out to that home opener, see if it strikes interest, and of course, if the team starts to pick up some steam, maybe you'll get some more uh, fans coming out. Um, again, they're not uh, they're not top top of the uh, charts in the NBL of Canada, but uh, they were at one point, and they can get back there. So I don't want to say it was disappointing, but it was a normal Windsor Express crowd. It was what you would expect. Um, the energy in there was fantastic, especially with the the narrative of the game. If you didn't know, it came down to the last second. You can actually see a video on our Twitter page with a former guest here on the show, Shaquille Keith. He made a surprise return. It must have been a last-minute decision for him and the organization to bring him back. He's been on the team for a few years, and uh, he actually went out to, I believe, Cape Breton, London. Uh, he was he signed with another team and then came back to, to Windsor and obviously likes it down here. And the reason I say that uh, maybe it was last-minute is because, A, uh, there's no ma- announcement of it, and B, they didn't have his name on the jersey yet, so he, maybe he just uh, signed on last minute. It was a perfect fit for him, and he won that game uh, with a final buzzer beater, pretty much. Uh, not necessarily, but I guess. Came down to two seconds left. Shaquille, Dr- Shaquille Keith drained a bucket to win the game for the Windsor Express, and what an exciting game it was. So I'll give him that. It was it, the, the level of, uh, of play is not in question. That's not one thing I'm critiquing at all, and, and why should I? But I mean, the atmosphere, the numbers out there, um, it just doesn't all add up, especially if you're going to try to move to a new arena and get people down there. So again, back to the arena, I think it, it would be cool. If you haven't seen the concept art, it's on our Facebook. It's been posted everywhere, and they even have big renditions of it at the arena so people can see what they want to do with the team. That being said, uh, I have compared it to uh, Maple Leaf Gardens, if you know what they did with uh, that arena up in Toronto. They turned it into the Ryerson Rams, the Ryerson University Athletic Complex. So they host the basketball games there, the hockey games there. I think they have a, a gym and a pool as well. So there's a lot that can be done. Although this might be the home of the Windsor Express, you could have a hockey rink or, or a gym. You can have so much more within this facility. So, again, it's still up in the air. It's been shortlisted. It's not going to happen anytime soon. And the Express themselves uh, don't see them moving in until 2021-2022 season. So they do have a lot of time to get those numbers up, but it's crunch time, man. They signed two years at the WFCU, and for their first home game, it I'm not going to lie, it wasn't much improvement in the numbers. Um, so, again, if you're interested, go on out and check it out. But if you want to bring them downtown, they got to start doing what they got to do. 
And speaking of which, right before we bring you to our interview with Trevor Litowski, I just want to tell you about SeatGiant.ca. SeatGiant.ca is a third-party ticket sales site, just like any of the other ones you might use, but there's a few catches that are really appealing to us Wind City folk. Uh, not only is it all in Canadian dollars, but they even have local events, including our Windsor Spitfires and Windsor Express. That being said, they have everything beyond, whether it be in Windsor or across the border. Any show at Caesars, there's, there's likely tickets on there. Any game, concert, theater, event, whatever it is, over in Detroit, they have tickets for that too on SeatGiant.ca. And it's displayed all in Canadian dollars, so you know exactly what you're paying for. Better yet, you can get 5% off by using our code WINCITY, W-I-N-C-I-T-Y. That's SeatGiant.ca if you're looking to go to a Windsor Express or a Windsor Spitfire game or anything else. Always check them out when you're looking for tickets. But now without further ado, let's bring it over to our Windsor Spitfire's head coach, Trevor Litowski. Here we go. Right now on the phone, we have a man from Thunder Bay, Ontario, drafted 174th overall in the 1996 NHL draft to the Phoenix Coyotes. He went on to have a 10-year NHL career with various teams. And now our Windsor Spitfire's head coach, Trevor Litowski. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Drake. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So you started off your coaching career actually in Sarnia, the junior team that you played for. Um, so towards the end of your playing career, did you ever really think about coaching or did the opportunity kind of present itself? Yeah, I think late in my career, I think uh, the last few years that I was playing, I, I kind of started thinking about it for sure. It was, uh, you know, I, I don't think you ever really know for sure that you want to do, but I was always a guy that enjoyed um you know, in the summers, you know, being out with young players, whether it be hockey schools or just going to speak to, to different teams or at like a banquet or something, I always kind of enjoyed that part about being a player, and I thought that that might translate pretty well in, in, in the coaching, right? So I, it was kind of always in the back of my mind, and then late in my career, um, I finished my playing career in Russia uh, mm-hmm. in the KHL, my last, uh, my last two years playing, and th- those were tough years, and, and so that's when I especially my last year, I, I pretty much knew it was going to probably be my last year. Um, and, yeah, with the, the ties, when it was, because I played in Sarnia, they had always kind of told me that, you know, when I was done, if, if I wanted to get into coaching, then let them know and they, they'd try to make that happen. And so, I, yeah, I think I sent an email. It was around just after Christmas time. I knew I was going to be done, and um, it just happened that there was going to be an opening in Sarnia, and it kind of just fell right in my lap that I was able to, step right in uh, to coaching I think they I pretty much knew I had the job as soon as I was done my my playing season Mm -hmm. so it was uh it it worked out nice yeah and that's the way it seems to happen for a lot of people you know but everyone's different as you mentioned you didn't really know exactly where you were some people are like I I want nothing to do with the coaching some people know right away like um you know that that's a good lineup for me and again sometimes you retire and you think like what the hell am i going to do and then all these yeah. doors start opening for you right yeah it's true i will say this though i i think with, with the coaching i mean you you don't really, really know how it is until you start you know like i had um a, in my mind what i thought coaching would be and i think especially when i retired uh from playing and the way that, that coaching or just the game of hockey in general has kind of evolved and how detailed it's become and all the technology and the analytics and, and everything i think that it was it was certainly different than um what i had thought and, and you know that's kind of a there's a lot to say there but i think today's player is just coached so differently than 
a player that, that played even just 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Just how far the game has come. So Yeah, from your junior days to coaching, I mean, the game and the world has changed so much, man. <laughs> and it had to have been pretty cool to go back there, though, that the organization you played for all those years ago. And uh, I'm sure it was a new group, too. Or was, was there any faces that you were uh, familiar with your time uh, playing there? Yeah, no, it was um, it was the same same owner, ownership, so that was really nice. It was Rob Cicerelli, who was kind of my contact there. He would have been the majority owner for since I had been playing there, and so he was the one that I was in contact with, and uh, he was kind of the one that, that that got me in there. So that was nice knowing, you know, like I said, it, when I was in Russia, it was it was hard, you know, and just and you just look forward to getting back to Canada and fact that I could get back in and start coaching right away yeah. it was uh it was just so nice and, and to go back to a city that obviously I, I I was familiar with and I knew you know some of my friends from high school were still there and my, my billet family was still there and there was some familiarity so it made it a pretty easy transition to move back there that's good well, I want to talk a little bit about the the end of your uh, playing career. Actually, as I mentioned, it was in the KHL in Russia. Um, so I, I'm assuming you're kind of just looking for opportunities, and that's how you ended up out there. And that's uh, also what I was going to kind of allude to in in the decision to uh, to begin coaching, right? I'm thinking maybe you're over there, and you're thinking this might not last too long. What what am I going to do? So I get like, did you enjoy it out there though at all? I mean, it's you, you lasted two two seasons, so obviously yeah. you know. Well, yeah, like, first of all, when I went, I, I stopped playing when I was 33, so when I was 31, that was my last year in the NHL, I actually finished my last season in Carolina pretty strong, um, they had some injuries, and I played significant minutes down the stretch, and I was hopeful to get another contract, uh, unfortunately, that didn't come, that was kind of, well, even still, once you get into your 30s, it's it's tough, they're starting to look to the younger players at that point on entry-level deals, rather than a veteran a little bit more so I kind of got squeezed out I was hopeful to get a contract but I didn't get one and then that was the first year of the KHL uh, that was the year that Yager went and there was a couple other bigger names that went over there for you know it was quite a bit of money at the time um, so I was just I was waiting it got into August and, and I was I told my agent you know let's just see uh, see what's over in Russia because I was seeing all these other players sign and so sure enough, I put my name in the hat, and I had two two contract offers the next day, um, and it was in August, so I had to make my decision pretty quick because it starts up a little early over there. So I had to go right away. I just decided I was I was going to try it. So I signed uh, I signed a one year deal. Uh, my wife was <laughs> reluctant to go. I'll tell you that she didn't want to do it, but I just. I wanted to try it. I had heard. I mean, it was just going to be an experience. That's mm-hmm. for sure. I knew that, so I figured uh, I'm going to go try it. So I went over and I started. I played pretty well early in my first couple months, and so they offered me an extension on that deal, uh, a one-year extension right away, and, I, and so I signed that. And then that's so that's how I ended up playing my my two years over there. But it was. Um, it, it was hard, you know. It, it just the language barrier alone is it, it's difficult, and then just the way of life in Russia. Um, I wasn't in Moscow or Saint Petersburg. If you're there, it probably would have been a little easier because it's it's more European yeah. feeling, and there's more English, I would say. But in I was actually in Kazakhstan. If I was across the border, uh, the Russian border, which was only a couple hours away, I would it would have been like in Siberia. So it was quite a ways east, and uh, so they're just wasn't a ton of English uh, speaking people and they're just I don't know after playing 10 years in the National Hockey League and just the way of life that you're used to and how you're treated and so many different ways um, 
you know, both at the rink and away from the rink, and then you get over there, and there's just a lot of details that that are missing over there, right? So it it was a grind, but at the same time, it it uh, it kind of changed me for the better, to be honest. Uh, just being a Canadian and, and living over there, and you just really start to appreciate. Just you become a little bit more patriotic. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. The average, how the average Canadian lives, and just the freedoms we have, and it's just it, it was. Uh, it, it was tough, so sure. it kind of made you, made me stronger a bit. I grinded it out. It's not easy for uh, for a Canadian guy, and the coaches were all Russian, and so the, it, that was tough because I was always kind of a, a pretty detailed player, um, you know, kind of a coachable guy that kind of ran routes and was pretty detailed that way. And then over there, it was well, they didn't speak English, so it was kind of you're on your own kind of thing, and. I had a tough time adjusting to that game, actually, uh, just on the bigger ice. And some games felt kind of like a fish out of water. Even after yeah. all my NHL experience and like being a pretty good skater, I, I still didn't feel quite comfortable on that, hmm. at that on that different ice surface. Hmm. That's interesting because, it, it, like, yeah. like you said, it's it's an experience, right? That's what it was yeah. pretty much all about. And at the end of the day, you, you had your your NHL career, so there's nothing really. Yeah. I guess, in a sense, more to chase, right? But uh, and I think yeah. I should say this: I, I was still fairly young, and I still felt pretty good on the ice. And I, I did have some options to go to Europe, and that was the tough decision whether I was going to just be finished because I had that opportunity in Sarnia, right? And yeah, I, it was kind of exciting to me. But I, you know, I, I, I did have some options to go into like Germany or, or something like that. And I played in Switzerland during the lockout a few years prior. Um, I loved my time in Switzerland and. So that was kind of what I was kind of weighing. But just those two years in Russia, I joke with my friends, and they felt like about five or six years. <laughs> I was pretty much ready to be done at yeah. that point. Yeah, and again, it's just the timing and the story of everything, I suppose, yeah. right? And it doesn't seem like it's like for most guys that it's it's the hockey that drives them away. It's just the lifestyle, right? And that's I think that's understandable. You're living in a country where, like you said, just different language everything's different and if you were maybe in a different spot more uh touristy it'd be a little more uh accommodating to you right but yeah exactly yeah, yeah. at least you got to play at the most elite level of hockey imaginable both here in uh, north america and then overseas too uh yeah. but but now you're you're shaping the stars of the future uh, even with your time in sarnia although they they went through some tough times there in your era i actually i actually lived there uh during that time i went to school there i actually worked at the arena uh 2013 14 and I'm not gonna put you guys down, but you know, uh, a lot, a lot of, a lot of um, good hockey players came out of that that organization around that time, regardless. So, uh, some people that we're seeing in the in the NHL today, you got to coach during your time in Sarnia. Yeah, it was, um, you know, we had some elite players, and they did go through. Like even when I first got there, it was 2010, I think they had, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was the first pick overall was Galchenyuk that year, if I'm not mistaken. And then Yakupov the following Yakupov year. Yakupov was the import, uh, yeah, high pick. So, yeah, I mean, it was, um, you know, I was just learning on the fly, and I, I was an assistant for a few years, and then when I got the head coaching job, uh, it, they had not been good again, and it was kind of rebuilding, but there, there was good players that came through there, and, uh, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know right as, as far as being a coach so I was just kind of learning on the fly and there was a lot of turnover and the first coach I worked with who's a great guy Dave McQueen mm-hmm. um, he 
he got fired, and, and I was an interim head coach. I think that was my first year coaching. And then Jacques Beaulieu came in, and then he didn't last very long. And then they kind of handed me the job. But there was a lot of questions with the ownership even at the time. And it was there was a lot to kind of uh, – there's a lot of things going on there, as you could probably attest to because you were living there, right? Yeah. Um, so it was a little bit chaotic, but um, – you know, hockey, at the end of the day, all the noise around the team and everything, I was just kind of there and, and you know, learning on the fly and, and enjoying being at the rink with the players. And for the most part, it was good groups of kids that were there and uh, built some real strong relationships with uh, some good players. Yeah, regardless of any negativeness, like, it's always cool to kind of say, like, I was there during that time, you know, it, like for myself, like, personally. I'm sure it kind of attests to yourself as well. So how did you end up coming over to Windsor? How did that opportunity come to be for you? Yeah, so what happened is in Sarnia, so Darian Hatcher and, and, and Leguan, they bought the team, and yep. they had every intention basically to coach it. So um, actually the year that we were kind of let go, it was a, was a real positive year. The team was kind of growing. We had a good young team that I think finished sixth or seventh in the conference. And, uh, it was a real positive year. We had really good young players, um, Chikrin, Kairu, those types of guys. Um, but but Hatch came in and, and he wanted to coach it. Well, fair enough, he bought the team, and and so we were kind of most of the staff was was let go, um, and and so yeah, I had a year of my contract uh, still there, and I I really wasn't sure what I was going to do to be honest. Um, I had worked with Hockey Canada with the under 18s, and uh, they were going to bring me back. Um, I think it was the under 17 at the time, so that was good that I was going to stay involved. But I, I really it was kind of my first time being in that situation because like we mentioned in the last question I, w- I knew I was going to be coaching in Sarnia right after playing so this was kind of a unique situation for me um, so yeah right after it happened it was probably a few weeks later and Warren called me um, and he, he said he wanted to interview me uh, there was a lot of turnover that year in Windsor because Bob Bugner was had just left and I think Jonesy had just left as well so there was Basically, they had to replace their coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they hired Rocky Thompson, um, and they brought me in, and they interviewed. And I just wanted basically the experience, to be honest, when they were bringing me down, because I had a year on my contract anyways, and I, I'd been a head coach. And so I just I wasn't really sure I was going to even be interested in the job, but they, they were willing to fly me down here to Windsor. So I said, ah, you know, I'll go for the experience. And I came down, I met with uh, with Bob and, and Warren and uh, John and Stephen Savage were at, at that meeting and, and Brian Schwab. Um, and I, it was just a great interview as far as I loved the way um, uh, Boogie in particular kind of handled himself. He ran the interview and we just had a really just a conversation more than a formal interview. And we chatted for a couple hours just about kind of the way I see the game and just different philosophies, how to treat players, things like that. And and I just, I remember leaving that interview thinking, geez, this was uh, a real positive uh, just place to be. Like it's, when I got into coaching, it's kind of all what I always wanted. And they seemed to really understand things, obviously former players, Warren and Bob. And I just felt really good about the, the conversation we had. And I got home, I told my wife that. And then sure enough, a couple of days later, they called me. Uh, they really wanted me to be a part of it with Rocky. Rocky was coming in from the NHL. He was um, like an eye-in-the-sky coach in Edmonton and didn't know our league very well, and they thought I would be a real good kind of uh, partner with him. They wanted me to be the associate coach, and they offered me a real nice 
contract to come and they kind of said that Rocky was extremely motivated to, to keep moving and you know if it you know when he leaves we would like you to be our next head coach and they kind of promised me that and so all things considered and just how positive the interview went um i just yeah i decided to take it and i'm, I'm obviously really glad that i did that's fantastic and that, that leads me to two kind of points actually uh following that uh that point there so obviously it did work out for you very well i mean the succession plan played out and before that even um, came to fruition, you guys got to win the 2017 Memorial Cup, something that, I mean, that's got to be um, pretty high up on your resume there. Yeah, that, that's a huge moment. Obviously, anytime you win a championship, it's uh, it's a memory that just doesn't go away, and it's just lasts forever. I I was able to do that as a player. I, I uh, Just once I won a championship with the World Junior Team in 97, mm-hmm. and it's still probably my best moment ever as a player, including my NHL days, so there's that, and then so then I was able to win the Memorial Cup, and so that is right up there um, with the best moments I've ever had in, in hockey. So it was, uh, yeah, it, it was an amazing time. It's just a unique experience we lost in the first round, and that's been well documented about those whatever 46 days off or whatever it was. But uh, those are a few months there that, that I'll never forget. It adds to the saga of the, of the Windsor Spitfires Memorial Cup Championships. Like, it's a totally unique one, but it's just like again, like wow, what a story! And you know, now this is what I think your fourth or fifth uh, season with the team, and I'm sure you've come into the organization and the city as well, and uh, kind of are just a lot more comfortable now, right? I mean, like you said, it's been uh, a few seasons now. Yeah, I mean, now this is our fifth year in Windsor, so it feels like home. I, I have two girls, a ten year old, and one that's going to turn four here next month, and. So the four-year-old, that's all she knows is Windsor, and, and even my 10-year-old, it's, you know, from age 5 to 10, and she's been here. So uh, it feels like home. We, we love living here uh, out in Lakeshore, and uh, just the organization, just great people. There was a little bit of, you know, some question marks with ownership and everything last mm-hmm. year that was a little bit dramatic, and some unknowns and a little bit of uneasiness, I think, for everybody around the organization, but that couldn't have worked out better. I mean, for us as coaching staff, uh, the Cypher group stepped up and, and ended up getting uh, the majority ownership, and, and a lot of things stayed the same. Billy Bowler became general manager. Who Billy was obviously a familiar face. He'd been around the previous couple of years, and, and um, everything just really worked out there. And So, yeah, I just feel... For me, I, it's 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 humbling. I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for the game, and and to be able to, to come to work and, and you know have the responsibility of developing these great players and them trusting me to do it. I, I take a lot of pride in that, and just the whole history of the Windsor Spitfires and and the success that they've had. You know, I don't you know take that lightly either. And we're trying to build up again to try to do something special once again here. And. Uh, so yeah, it's just uh, it's it's been a great great experience here in Windsor for for me and and my family. That's fantastic, man. And before we roll into like the uh, kind of uh, rest of the season preview for the Windsor Spitfires here, uh, I just want to mention like you had uh, touched upon yourself playing in the World Juniors and then coaching the uh, the under 17s and even associate coaching the World Juniors. All these uh, opportunities are probably so vital for you, and especially where you are in junior hockey as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, like with, with the Hockey Canada stuff, it's just been so, so good for, for my development. Because yeah. The attention to detail that they have there, and you just you just learn so much every experience you go through. And I think, yeah, it's definitely highlighted by that World Junior Championship that we won in, in Buffalo a couple of years ago. Uh, that's another moment that it's very high up on 
on my memories for sure, just to go through that with Dom Ducharme and uh, uh, Tim Hunter was the other assistant and uh, Joel Bouchard, who's now coaching the American League. Just, just real quality people, uh, real good hockey people that you know, just for uh, connections and you just you meet so many great smart people um, that I just I'm so so lucky to to have been a part of that. And yeah, if I wasn't in Windsor and. You know, and that's another thing. You do get opportunities maybe to go and, and you know, there's been some, some opportunities to possibly go and to the pro level, but then, then you don't, I would never have gotten those chances with Hockey Canada, um, which, like I said, it's one of the best memories I have, you know, and there's just something about coaching junior players that I, I really enjoy. They're, they're, you know, there's certainly, they give you your headaches. But, uh, <laughs> that's for sure. It's not perfect, but they're they're eager and they're, for the most part, real good kids, and, and they want to be NHL players, and um, so it's, it's most days are, are real fun to be at the rink. That's what it's all about, really, right? Yeah. And let's kind of get into like the current Windsor Spitfires uh, realm, I suppose. It's kind of funny looking at the Spits now that you look at the recent uh, playoff results the last few years. Obviously, that Memorial Cup overshadows everything, but as you had mentioned, it's well documented that uh, the Spits haven't left the first round in the last few years. So I'm assuming that's a goal for the team this year, not only to make playoffs, but to push out of that first round. Yeah, I think, yeah, that would that would be a goal. I mean, the, 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 yeah, like you mentioned, the Memorial Cup year when, when we did that, I mean, we, we give up a lot to, to have mm-hmm. that team to be competitive. And I think that it, it was nice. The whole organization knew that the, the next few years were, were going to be tough, you know. Yeah. We, we took a lot of pride in the fact that we were able to make the playoffs um, both years, you know. I think the, the first year after Memorial Cup, we still have, had some – some guys left over and we had a decent year we were above 500 and uh, but we kind of limped into the playoffs we knew it was going to be tough and, and it was and then I think for everyone for me for sure I, uh, you know I think maybe some people thought it was going to be a better year um, the second year but we we kind of knew it, it was going to be probably the toughest year yeah. that was really when we got rid of all, everyone you know yeah. in particular Mikey DiPietro uh, was still there in the first year after the the Memorial Cup, and then last year he was moved, and we kind of really started over last year, you know, and so we took a lot of pride. We had a ton of injuries down the stretch, and the record obviously wasn't great, but for the people that were around the room and for the coaching staff, we were really proud of what we were able to do to, to kind of scratch and claw for wins and, and, and to, to, to limp into the playoffs, and then, I mean, we played London, and it was, uh, we were overmatched there in the first round, but it was good experience for our young players. It was a season that we, we got to play our young guys a ton. We probably, our young players played more than probably anyone in the league, and, and it was a real benefit, I think, for everyone, even though our record and, you know, losing in the first round obviously wasn't great to outsiders. It was a really good year for development for the team, and I think that's, carried over now into this current year and um you know i don't think i mean i I read obviously what where people thought we would finish um which was probably sixth seventh eighth or ninth and wherever i read at least uh before the season started and i think we're ahead of that for sure we weren't sure exactly what we'd be like it was all it was up to the players from within and how how much they developed over the summer and if they could take steps and and fortunately for us, a lot of our players have, have taken big steps this year, and that's put us in the position that we're in. That we're we're a pretty good team in the Western Conference. Yep. We're ten games over 500. I think this this year in particular, Drake. It's uh, 
it's a different kind of feeling the the season just because this, especially in the Western Conference, I feel like every team is good, um, and every team is very similar. I would say. I mean, it, you can win or lose any game, um, you know. And you go like you look at the teams that are near the bottom in the conference, like the Sault Ste. Marie's and the Kitchener. Like Kitchener has been on a run lately. They've proven they can beat anybody, you know, and Owen Sound is another real good hockey team that's kind of in the middle, but real good team, Saginaw, Flint, you know, everyone's very similar, I would say, and it's going to be a very interesting year to to see see how it ends up, but, you know, long story short, yeah, we want to have some success in the playoffs, We, we like our group a lot, there's a real good, it's a real good team. Um, we have we feel we've got guys slotted in the right positions. Everyone knows their role. Um, it's a tight group as far as the players are enjoying coming to the rink. There's a good feeling around the team, and yeah, hopefully that translates to, to some success in the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, you guys have came out with a it's still fairly early, but uh, a hot a hot start for sure. Um, what do you think it takes to kind of keep this this rolling uh, as a team, the mentality and the work ethic, uh, I suppose. Yeah, well, we just we can't get complacent, and we have to continue to get better. I think that we've we've been a little bit fortunate as far as how many games we've been able to win. We found ways to win. Uh, we had that 13-game stretch with points, and we were finding ways. I mean, our power play was just going through the roof. I think during that stretch, we were uh, somewhere around 40%. So that obviously can hide some some things that we weren't doing as well. Like some games, five on five, we weren't playing up to up to our potential, but our power play would kind of save us with two power play goals. We end up winning the game by one, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that we've been well aware of our five-on-five five play. We're constantly trying to improve that, and, and and we're holding the guys accountable and just tightening that and, and trying to continue to get better. I think that's the only way that, that you can win in the playoffs. And as you know, in this league, we, like for us, we don't know exactly what we're going to do, if we're going to add any pieces or, or not, but there's certainly going to be teams that do that, and things change, and things get harder as the season goes on, and after Christmas, it's, it's harder to get points, and so we have to continue to, to grind and, and, and get better, and I think that this group, this group's willing to do it. it it's Like I said, uh, I think that the environment that, that we've created around here, it's it's healthy, and, and players are excited to come here and, and just improve, and you know that we got to continue to do that, and we'll see where we stand in a few months. Here. That's awesome, and the, te- the team's looking good. This is a good year for the Spitfires. It's an exciting time for the team, uh, but for yourself personally, to kind of wrap it up here, um, we, the whole conversation has been about, obviously, your coaching career, and, and very heavily in the junior kind of uh, aspect of hockey. Is that, uh, you kind of alluded to it yourself, it's something that you kind of enjoy being in this, this realm here, but are you just kind of taking it day to day, or do you have any goals to, to move up? Um, yeah, I just kind of take it day to day, and you know, it's funny, it's almost like being a player again, and there's some opportunity, you never know what's yeah. going to happen, but I think, you know, it, prior, when I got into coaching to begin with, the priority was, was my family, and I played for 13 years pro, and we had moved around quite a bit, and when I got into coaching, I didn't want to do that again, you know, I just didn't yeah. want to move every two years, yeah. it's just for the for the my my girls and stuff, I, I don't want to, you know, put them through that. So that that's a big part of things too. Like we talked about earlier, we, we do love it here, and you know, sometimes you people get pulled. And I've talked to a lot of guys that regret the fact that they left 
junior to go to say the American League or something, it wasn't the same and yeah. you don't have as much control over your players and whatever and as far as your lineup goes and mm-hmm. things like that and, and they end up coming back to junior or whatever. So you know, I I'm certainly well aware that I have a great job here and it's uh it's challenging and I'm working with great people and so I'm I'm enjoying it and who knows what's in the future, but I'm certainly in uh, in no rush to leave. That's for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, your your personal life is what really matters. And if you're happy and and making a good living and and doing yeah. something, uh, making a change in the city, you know, very very successful here in Windsor. Um, so why why would you leave, right? <laughs> but thanks a lot for taking the time to do this, man. It's been a fantastic conversation. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for having me, Drake. Appreciate it. It's fun. All right, there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. Trevor Litowski, head coach of our Windsor Spitfires, former NHLer, um, very famous for getting knocked out by Colby Armstrong. But uh, aside from that, hell of a hockey player and hell of a coach. I mean, what a life he's lived. And as I talked to uh, with a, a upcoming guest, just a chill guy. That was really cool of him to take time and shoot the shit with me. But uh, I uh, wasn't expecting him to uh, be so talkative, and I'm not complaining about that. He was great. Fantastic conversation with our head coach of our Windsor Spitfires, Trevor Litowski. And uh, now, without further ado, I just want to talk a little bit about our Windsor Spitfires. We did miss a good amount with our Spitfires over the break. Uh, they came out to a fairly sluggish start after the uh, Christmas break well expected but I mean uh, they bounced back and got some wins but uh, one thing again during our break and I'm, not, I'm terrible at pronouncing his name Kerry Pjornin the uh, goaltender for the Windsor Spitfires was representing Finland in the World Juniors the only Spitfire out in Czech Republic representing uh, their country so I guess that was pretty cool to uh, have somebody from our team on the big stage although they didn't do as well as our Canadians shout out to all the boys there that was that was a fantastic game if you've seen that that was just exactly what you want and that's exactly what the world juniors is all about just that that story like all the a lot of kids made names for themselves over that that week so anyway get back on track here with our winter spitfires drake come on right out of the gate after the christmas break the spits suffered a loss to the second uh spirit but following that picked up some big wins are currently riding a five game winning streak they're actually playing tonight at the WFCU Center against Oshawa. And then on Saturday, we'll be in Flint and Kitchener on Sunday. Um, they're sitting in a good spot, too. They, uh, as talked about with Trevor, um, doing very well and fairly surprisingly well, but uh, still have a lot of obstacles to kind of overcome. They, uh, I'm trying to pull up the standings right now. They're, they're neck and neck with a lot of good teams and some rivals as well. But currently right now, they are second overall in the NHL, or OHL, sorry. <laughs> so, um, again, uh, so this year with the Spits, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to see them get out of the first round. Um, when preparing for the interview with Trevor, I didn't realize that they had exited the, the playoffs in the first round the last four or five years. Again, as I mentioned with him, it's almost overlooked due to the Memorial Cup win. So this is a big year for them. They need to start to make some some progress here. In a year that was likely going to be a rebuild, now look at the, the success they're having. Uh, fairly surprised, surprised success, I suppose, with some players really coming to fruition and just clicking and playing fantastic together. Um, so, yeah, still a couple months left here of OHL action before the playoffs begin. 
And speaking of, of upcoming games, they didn't really run down our Windsor Express as they did win their home opener there. That was their only win so far of the season. They're currently 1-2, and two, suffering a loss to London um, after defeating them in the back-to-back sort of-ish matchup last week. And uh, again, losing to the Sudbury 5 on Saturday here in Windsor. Tomorrow night, they're going to be playing at the WFCU Centre as they welcome the Kitchener-Waterloo Titans at 7 p.m. and then going up to London the next day to play them as well. And speaking of more upcoming games, the Windsor Lancer Sports are back in action for 2020. Um, Here is our Windsor Lancer look ahead for this week. Uh, Tomorrow, the Can-Am Classic kicks off for the track and field team at the St. Sorry, the Dennis Farrell Fieldhouse. Uh, It continues on to Saturday. On Friday and Saturday, the women's and men's hockey team will be at home here in Windsor at the Capri Pizza Center, formerly known as South Windsor Arena. Friday, the women take on Ontario Tech at 7.30. And Saturday, January 11th, the men take on the Waterloo Warriors at 4 p.m. Also on Saturday, the men's and women's basketball teams will be away taking on the Laurier Golden Hawks in Waterloo. And the men's and women's volleyball teams will be in Toronto taking on the Ryerson Rams. A lot of big news, and we're going to get into our Windsor Lancers Athletes of the Week in a moment, but some big news in regards to our women's basketball and men's volleyball starting the new year the way that they ended it in the top 10 in Canada. Women's basketball is the number six national ranked youth sports team, while the men's volleyball is just making it at number 10. So big shout out to both of those teams. And right now, our Windsor Lancers Athletes of the Week uh, via some away games. Uh, last week is from both our men's and women's hockey team, Avery Mertz and Jack Van Buckle. Jack had a great weekend to open up the second half of the Lancers season. His defensive play throughout the weekend helped the Lancers open 2020 with a pair of wins over Laurier and Waterloo. Meanwhile, the first-year Lancer had a breakout game to open 2020, scoring her first two OUA career goals on Friday night against Waterloo. So congratulations to both Jack and Avery on becoming the Windsor Lancers Athletes of the Week for the first week of 2020. And that is all for the first episode of 2020 here on the Wind City Sports Podcast. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give us a like, follow, subscribe, whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, if you want to listen to more episodes, you can directly go to windcitysports.com or find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are found. We also have the radio show on CJAM 99.1 FM every Thursday in Windsor and Detroit at 1230. Um, again, just check us out on windcitysports.com. If you like uh, anything that you heard today, hit us up. Let me know what you think. You can follow me at Drake Demore on Twitter and Instagram. But until next week, smell you later. <laughs>